Welcome to the Pop Goes the Culture podcast for Friday, February the 25th, an icy Friday, February the 25th for us. My name is Joey Mills, and joining me this week on the show, we've got, well, we didn't discuss it. <laughs> We're having to do an online recording, unfortunately, again, because of winter weather. So let's start uh, with uh, the order we connected in. So we'll go with you first, Kenny. All right, K-Dub. Curtis, I, I waited intentionally because I'm an asshole. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> All right. So like I said, we are having to record this thing online because slick road conditions, thunder, sleet, all that fun stuff we had today has made it uh, impossible for us to get together in person. But that's OK. We're still going to do a show. We're going to have a good time doing it. What's everybody been up to this last week or so of ice and snow and things? What's everybody been watching, Kenny, doing, listening to, playing, all that? Kenny, Kenny can go first. OK. Oh, OK. Uh, outside of TV watching, which I'm sure we'll probably talk about in a little bit, uh, yeah. to actually my daughter's 17th birthday. So, uh, sadly she didn't get to go to school and get all the hugs and the happy birthdays and stuff. So she missed out on all that, but we tried to make it pretty good and right before all the ice and everything come in. I was, we were able to slip out and get an ice cream cake from Dairy Queen. And nice. so, and all the presents came in from Amazon on time, so she's had a pretty good time with that. So we've just been spending the day as a family and doing all that. So, but we've been getting ready for that and uh, a couple of little things. But that's about the majority of what's been going on the past few days. Like, of course, the TV watching, but we'll talk about that later. Well, go ahead, start us talking about it. Let's get into it. Uh, uh well, I finally got around to watching Fistful of Vengeance. Oh yeah, yeah. So I think we're far enough out we can talk spoilers if we need to, but what's your general reaction? What'd you think of it? I liked it. I didn't know what to expect. And but it's th- that movie is right up Kenny's alley. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I love those okay, here's the story, but here's the fighting, you know, and all the and it wasn't crazy over the top fighting, you know, it was kind of somewhat you know in the realm of believability for most of it and, um i just I, I liked it i i you talked about it and you were very you know like you liked it and i was like well okay if you know joey likes it then i'll probably like it and man i, I did i digged it i know yeah. what i mean yeah i thought uh I went into it without knowing. So they did a series on Netflix called uh, Woo Assassins. I never, never watched it. So I didn't realize that this movie was kind of a sequel to that series. So I went into it and my, my review initially when I was writing it up was like, boy, they don't really give you much. (laughs) There's, there's people they meet that they know. And you're like, where the hell did this person come from? Why do they know them? Should we know who that person is? I don't, I don't have a clue who that is, but it doesn't really matter. They're, they're fighting, you know, but knowing then I was like, Oh, okay. Going back and checking out some of the, the the series, I was like, okay, some of that makes more sense now, (laughs) but even so they don't, they don't spend a whole lot of time on like, here's the backstory. Here's how we know this person. It's just like, so-and-so was here in the fight. Okay, we'll probably meet up with them again and fight them again later. And you're like, okay, cool, whatever. <laughs> Let's just keep on fighting, I guess. Well, that's I, I have the Wu Assassins in my queue, and uh, when they said that, I was like, why does that sound familiar? And they said it again. You know, I thought you were supposed to be a Wu Assassin. Or something. I was like, okay, seriously, why does that sound familiar? And when it was done, 
it come up in my thing, you know, do you want to watch this now or whatever? And I was like, oh, I was like, I guess I need to get around to watching that now so I know what happened. Because I was the same way. I was like, wow, they're just not really no story. <laughs> just get- <laughs> They're just throwing it all in there, yeah. But, yeah, that, so that was really good. And then I got to see, finally get to see the King's Man. Yeah, and I, I did too. Let's talk about that. I've heard yep. so much about this. Yeah. So I'm I, still probably going to watch it at some point. Yeah. Go well, ahead, Kenny. Everybody that I talked to were like, they really didn't like it. And it's because, um, like one of my friends I was talking to uh, yesterday, I was like, I get it. If this was our first movie, people may not have went and seen the other two without, you know, enough people seeing it saying, no, no, it's completely different. It's really cool. Blah, blah. And I, I kind of was hoping to see more like gadgets that could have been around that time. Cause I guess I was thinking like the Will Smith Wild Wild West, like some of the things they had, you know. I guess, but uh, <laughs> I'm pretty so sure they were trying not to go for that. <laughs> obviously, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was, you know, I, I thought there would be more, but they laid down the foundations for why they're called the. You know Merlin and all that, and just you know. So there was, and it was a good enough story. It was worth watching. Of course, they had the one gal in there that she was like the awesome shot, and she kind of, you know, she was like the toughest one of all of them. And so, but it, it was entertaining. I was, I went into it thinking I was not going to enjoy it, and it it was slow and kind of like, uh, but uh, it it reminded me of something that I've talked about for a while. And I don't know if you guys recognize or uh, think about this too, but like Rasputin is a character in there. Yeah. And like every time they do Rasputin in anything, he's kind of like a likable, like cool, or he's, you know, a super badass. Like they never do Rasputin rotten. And I'm like, that's kind of weird that like nobody like does him dirty. Like everybody treats that character with like some sort of, uh, like a respect kind of thing. In real life, he was a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, this just, with him being a character in there, and they, you know, it was kind of a little goofy, some parts they did with him. But for the most part, you know, they made him like this kind of badass, great fighter, you know, this and that. And I was just kind of like, huh, another Rasputin that turned out like they really did him like a cool character. So I, I don't know. That's just me thinking. Yeah. So I watched it today, which I will say watching it on the day that Russia is invading Ukraine, it's kind of, as we're on the verge of possibly World War Three, it's kind of kind of hits a little different. But I will say this. I didn't care for the first two Kingsman movies that much at all. They had some cool stuff in them, but they were just a little too goofy for my taste. You know what I mean? Oh. It's like they, they were trying to... Sh- stride this line between like James Bond-esque kind of thing but at the same time if they were if you're comparing them to the Bond flicks you have to compare them probably to the Roger Moore Bond flicks where they got kind of campy kind of goofy kind of squirrely 
So I went into this one thinking, well, I, I knew people had said it's not really like those other two as much. Um, and everybody had said they're, they're kind of they have moments, but it's, you know, it's it's not quite like those earlier movies. So I went into it expecting very little. And I will say it's the best movie of the three. Um, I, I liked it better than the other two by a long shot because it's it is not trying to be that goofy thing that the first two movies were trying to be it it's trying to tell its own story it's it predates goofiness which you know if the goofy stuff was kind of a reaction to where we're at in film history with like the bond films and stuff and it's kind of a not a deconstruction of those but it's kind of the next step of those by adding some of that goofy stuff to it this is saying no this is a world war one story we're going to treat it as a world war war one story it had more in common with 1917 than it did with the other kingsman movies i think and the way it was shot and the way it was set up and the story it was telling um which i think is why i dug it yes they did some of that they leaned into some of the goofy towards the end as they were moving this thing towards what the other two films are um but never so much over the top as the other two Kingsman movies, which I think I, I enjoyed more. They're telling a totally different story. This is a very personal story. It's a story about a family um, that is, you know, happens to be set during World War One and getting swept up because of who they are and all this international, you know, espionage and the war and all this stuff. And man, there there are some choices that they made that, yeah, you could have, you know, taken this two hour movie and made it an hour and 40 minutes pretty easily. There's probably 20 minutes worth of stuff they could have cut, but, um, but yeah, I thought it was a, it was a better movie than the other two. Um, whether you like that or not, it totally depends on what you go to the movies for, but you know, as a film, it was a better film, I think than the other two, which I, I, and I get, like I said, I enjoyed it more so than the other two, but that's just my opinion on it. Yeah. The, the first Kingsman is my favorite one just because it was, of what it was and the kind of movies i enjoy this one would probably be my second favorite just because it i like the how different it is and kind of what it was doing and so but like you said you know pick your own movie adventure you know whichever whatever you like so yeah uh, I hope, you know, I know we're supposed to get another Kingsman movie that's a sequel to Kingsman 2. I wouldn't mind seeing more Kingsman movies that are sequels to The Kingsman because I, there's a lot. They set up in the post credit scene, you know, like you could tell more of this story. There there are a couple more movies you could get out of this uh, before you have to jump forward, you know, a hundred years to get caught up to the to the other ones. So. And there's, I think there's a lot, of, like you said, there, I think there's a lot of neat stuff they could because that's where you kind of get into, okay, they're, they've got it for me and then they're coming up with the this is and that's. And that, that would, be, I would rather see that than I would a sequel to the second one. So, yeah, no, they, they set it up that way with, you know, and, and I, to your point, you know, everybody, I don't know if everybody treats the character of Rasputin with reverence as much as they, Rasputin's kind of a blank slate. You can attribute any crazy shit you want to Rasputin. If you want to go supernatural, if you want to go, you know, sci-fi, if you want to go whatever, you can kind of, that character's, there are so many stories around the person that you can make that character wherever you want it. I, I dug the way they 
said, okay, who would this guy be? He would, you know, he would know Russian ballet and he would incorporate that into what he's doing, how he moves, how he acts, how he, you know, fights, all that stuff. So I, I, yeah, I dug the way they, uh, they treated the character. I thought the character would stick around a little longer (laughs) than he did, but, uh, and I, and I liked that, you know, it was more of a, uh, a James Bond esque kind of mystery of, you know, the bad guy, you know, they didn't tell you until the end. And when they revealed it, you're like, Oh, that's cool. I didn't totally see. It wasn't completely telegraphed who the bad guy was going to be like they are in in some other films. So on the flip side of the Kings, man, let's talk about a movie that sucked. Um, You watch snake eyes. I watch snake eyes. We both watch snake eyes over the weekend. Finally Uh. come to it. And, you know, this will be where everybody's like, oh, Kenny likes everything. (laughs) Everything's awesome in his world. No, it's not. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool. So you get the snake eyes. No, (laughs) this is absolutely, that movie, uh, and I'll I'll start off with a positive, that if it was just an Asian film that kind of had some mystical stuff and blah 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 and it wasn't anything more than it was one of those movies that you would catch on netflix that wasn't had had nothing nothing to do with gi joe yeah if it had just been divorced from that if it just been here's a movie that happens to be set in asia around martial arts as a theme yeah it would be i don't know it'd be any better but it'd be different at least yeah, it wouldn't be any better, but it would be that. And that would be enough for me to go, okay, I watched it. It was worth the one-time sit-through. I wouldn't watch it a second time, blah, blah. Now, as far as a G.I. Joe, as far as a Snake Eyes origin movie, as far as anything like that, that was a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible you didn't even have any outside of them calling him Snake Eyes. Did it have anything to do with a G.I. Joe property until 52 minutes in when they showed a Cobra late or Cobra logo on the inside of a military, I think it's guns, I think yeah, is what it was. The crate of guns. And, yeah. yeah. And then you kind of got the Baroness, who the Baroness was horrible. And the and I'm like I'm a lot like Joey. The lady who plays Scarlet, I like her. I do not like that character. And the the Storm Shadow character was like, I mean, I knew what they were getting at, but I was just like, oh my god! And it was hard. And when it got to the the CGI stuff, that Joey was like, it's there's gonna be some, they're gonna go hard on some CGI, and I'm like. Well, I wonder what that means when it happens. <laughs> when it when it gets ready to happen, you're like, "Oh no, I know what's going to happen here," and it did. <laughs> yeah, the first the first what would that be? Two thirds of the movie is is mostly practical, and it mostly yeah. as bad as it is, you're like, "Well, you know," and especially coming on a week where you've watched Fistful of Vengeance, where it's mostly practical. You know, you see how it can be done, and then you watch this big budget film of Snake Eyes, and you're like, okay, two thirds of the way in, you're like, well, they kept it practical. They're kind of, you know, they're not doing a great job with the story and the plot and the characterizations, but, you know, it, it is what it is. But then about two thirds of the way through, they like flip the switch and they're like, 
This is where we spent the money on some really bad CG from here on out. And this is where we're going to get really cheesy with the characters. This is where the plot's no longer going to matter so much. It's just, it got really bad in the third act. And that's, that's, you can't drop the ball there. I, I think if they wouldn't have gone, if they would have left what was CGI'd just as like a, like, a story that was told over the centuries that these things exist and you never really see anything, it would have been better. And then the whole mystical thing with the, the stone did, or just, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say heart, but I think that's what it was, like the heart of whatever. whatever I don't yeah. know. But I was like, that could have been, again, just a, a story and what it was was like an actual ruby and then they they just wanted that for to power a massive laser for cobra or something you know i would have been okay with that a little more but once i got into that stuff i'm like i really wanted to like this movie or at least be okay with this movie and man they, they made it hard well, they make they make the character you know of the gi joe properties snake eyes is probably the most recognizable maybe the most iconic it's the one that kids gravitate towards he's a ninja he's cool and they make him the bad guy (laughs) he's the main character but he's also the bad guy throughout you know the movie it's like you take the character that everybody loves you make him a dick and and then you okay well maybe you can redeem him at the end but instead you're more focused on getting the most cg for the rest of the budget you had left like you didn't spend that cg money in the first two-thirds so you're gonna blow it all in act three but but you're blowing it on like (laughs) like hercules the legendary journey level cg (laughs) i mean it was not it was not well done and so yeah I, i could not stand that movie any less i think you know, we talk about our, you know, we'll, we'll mention like some movies, they're like, okay, look, we definitely know we're not getting a second, you know, a sequel or anything. So this is what we're doing for this. This show felt like it wasn't going to get another half of it. And it was just like, we're just trying anything. And like, they just gave up. Like, they're like, anybody got to get Donut Guy. You got any ideas? Come on in. Yeah. And it's, it's just bad. And I was just, oh. I, and I normally you see all the people complaining about stuff online and everything. You're like, oh, it can't be that bad. And most most time I'm I don't mind it, but this time I'm like, all right, internet, you you got it right this time. <laughs> the internet won this one. Yeah, congratulations, you got your one on me. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Curtis? What have you been up to? Um, well, first and foremost, the brand new Law and Order is airing right now. I'm kind of excited for it. I have no idea what's going on. I have it on right now, but I'll have to catch it on Peacock later. So there's that. <laughs> I, I know that's weird. Like, oh, I'm into Law and Order, but I, I was was a huge fan when I was a kid, and I really liked the seasons that Anthony Anderson was on. So mm-hmm. like now that he's back, I'm kind of excited for it. And they've got Jeffrey Donovan, so why not? I always liked Burn Notice. Um, what else? I've started, (laughs) I don't know if you guys like Law and Order, but whatever. Um, I've started, uh, I've restarted Resident Alien because I'd only seen a couple episodes. And now that I have your peacock, I don't know. Now that you have, now you have a (laughs) peacock account. Now that I have um, a a peacock account that I have access to, I'm, I'm rewatching Resident Alien currently. Um, which, I love Alan Tudyk. He's so great in that. 
I don't know if you guys have caught up on that or have stuck with it or not, but it's pretty funny. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, I had a similar experience to Joey's. Um, yesterday, I was watching an old anime that I had never seen before. I have a bunch of these anime movies that I have uh, acquired. I'm not going to say how. And they're like from the 80s and 90s. <laughs> no, <laughs> I downloaded them. And one of them is called Venus War. And I just happened to put it on. And I'm watching it. And it's about a uh, colony on Venus getting, you know, overrun by a uh, group. And right as I'm watching it, I get the text message. Russia has, you know, invaded Ukraine. I'm like, wow, I really know how to pick them. So <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> a little mood watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then I've been, I'm on currently on season six of Comic Book Men. So I'm determined to finish that out because they've only got seven seasons. So yeah, that's really <laughs> all I've done. Does it gets, it? It gets know, rough like, towards the end. I feel like I enjoy those guys. Like some of the editing on there is pretty shoddy. Like it's like clearly they're laughing at something else, not the joke that they just told. Right. Like that that bugs me. But I don't know. I listen to tell them Steve, Dave, and I just I like those guys. So I think it, that, it, so, oh, go ahead, Kenny. No, I was just gonna kind of like Joey was saying. Those last two seasons is it it progressively gets like. Like they almost don't want to be there and, and they're trying to do maybe a little like I'm trying to act a little or I'm, we're trying stuff, but we don't really care. And it it, yeah. it just fun is like, you know, halfway through like the first couple of seasons are, they're getting their feet, you know, underneath them and figuring out stuff. And then it kind of hits a nice little stride, then just falls right off for whatever reason. I don't know. And, and then Elvira shows up and suddenly they're all like, Hey, what's up? We're back. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think at some point, I, I think at some point we're going to look back at what has been 20, 25 years of television series that we pretend are real but couldn't be more scripted and edited and produced <laughs> to, to make it entertaining. It's just, it's weird. It's, you know, I know it started with like the real world, but if you look at shows like comic book man or, you know, like the pawn stars and stuff, it's like, man, at what point did we all decide, like, we're going to pretend that this, this was, is real. <laughs> we're going to pretend right, it was like real. We're going to pretend it was entertaining. We're just going to go with it and not ask questions, you know, because there, there's, so there's parts bad. in it where they're, there's parts in it where there's like, okay, just stand around until the guy shows up and act surprised. And sometimes they are pretty surprised, like what they bring in. Other times you could tell like Walt just doesn't give a shit. He's like, okay, whatever. But yeah. I don't know. The thing that I feel like comic book men has over Pawn Stars is that those guys are funnier. And they, I, I, can't, I come from a world where we just sort of riff on each other. Like my friends were always giving each other shit. So like when they do that, I'm just like this. This is the show for me. Like them riffing on Ming and then Ming getting a couple zingers in. Like yeah, it's that's what I enjoy mostly. Not so much like the oh I've got this Wonder Woman thing or I've got this toy from the '80s that was before my time that I have no idea what it is. It's kind of cool looking, but I don't care. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think yep. in all those cases it's the it's the personalities and the the interplay between the 
the characters that they're playing, which are based on who they really are, just dialed up to 11 kind of stuff. But man, at some point, I think we're going to stop and look back at this stuff and be like, man, I don't know why we did that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why we were cool to just go along with that. Right. No, I get it. <laughs> like, I still watch first and. What was like, that? You got, cut out for a second there. Try again. He sounds like he said he watches porn stars. <laughs> I, I, I was like, wait a minute, what? Try that again. KWNs. Uh, but the one thing I do like about, like, I was about ready to be done, done with it. And uh, they, like, the last season, I think, is when they started, like, they got kind of got rid of the sun and uh, Chumley as much. And it's like more of the dad. And they're actually doing more history. So you actually learn more about the pieces and stuff instead of that little quick blurb or whatever. They're actually doing a little more with that. And so I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of made it interesting again because you don't have that dorky shit of everybody trying to act and you know didn't they didn't they kind of have to do that didn't chumley get in trouble for something yeah i think there's yeah. some there's some <laughs> time served <laughs> <laughs> like that but yeah. curtis i was going to ask talking about the law and order did you watch the um the law and order the the with christopher maloney uh with the mobster i forget what it's called i've seen a few episodes um back when i was trying to catch it on tv but i'm probably gonna try and tune into that but it's like i'll watch a few episodes like i know that like a lot of it crosses over with with svu so it's like gonna be kind of a pain in the ass because like do i have to watch these other svu episodes because i don't really care for svu anymore so plus is over is him and olivia's stuff and that's it. Literally, yeah. it has nothing else to do with the SVU stuff. It's its own thing. And it's the second season came out a few months ago, and I got through that. And it's really good. If you like the other stuff, I think you'll really like that too. Yeah. So, I don't like baloney, but so yeah, yeah I'll, I'll definitely give it a shot. Cool. We're old. I will say the only <laughs> other thing I'll add to the conversation, old men, uh, is I watched there's a new series on the television network Epics that nobody has unless it was part of your cable package by default. I know what Epics nobody, is. Nobody goes out and gets Epics. Um, but I got Epics because there's a new series out called From. And this show is... Uh, it stars uh, Harold Perrineau, and it is directed. This, the, all the episodes so far that I've seen have been directed by Jack Bender, who directed a bunch of episodes of Lost back when it was on. And the show is about this town, kind of deserted small town out in the middle of rural nowhere. And when you drive into town, you're in town. You're stuck. If you go west out of town and drive in a straight line. Eventually you'll come back in from the east, back into town. You can't get out of the town. Um, and every night, as soon as the sun goes down, these things, I don't know, vampires is the closest you could call them, but I don't think they're really vampires. But anyway, th- there's these things that come into town and they just walk through the town and like they'll knock on doors and windows and try to get people to let them in. And if you let them in, of course, they eat you torture you kill you eat you um so that's going on the, the story centers on this new family that has found themselves in this town um and so they're kind of our the audience's way into all this and you know there are there's kind of two camps of 
I don't know, survivors is the right word, but you've got a group that lives in town proper. They live in houses. Uh, Harold Perrineau's character is the sheriff, so he's like enforcing the safety of the town, making sure he goes through at night before sundown and like walks the town, ringing a bell, telling people to get inside, you know, sun's going down. Um, and then you've got this other group that lives in this one big house, kind of like a hippie commune kind of up on the hill um, where they don't necessarily have big, I mean, they still, you know, lock the doors at night and stuff like that, but they're not as, you know, strict as the city folks or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's funny because watching it, you know, if you had asked a couple of years ago, what would the legacy of a show like lost be? Cause lost, grabbed so much attention when it was on it's so divisive in its final seasons and stuff about how it wrapped up if you had asked what would be what would come out of that you probably would have said they're either going to reboot it or they're going to do some kind of like a sequel of it but instead we've got these shows like yellow jackets on showtime that came out last fall um, we've got this show on epics that just started last sunday um, that are kind of like the next version of it. It's this isolated, mysterious, you can't leave situation um, where there's some creepy shit going on and you don't necessarily know what it is. You know, in this show, you know, the whole thing is, yeah, everybody keeps telling them, you know, like telling the sheriff, you got to get everybody home. You know, that's your job is to keep everybody safe and figure out a way to get everybody home. And of course, he has no idea how he knows how to keep them safe. He has no idea how to get anybody home. Um, there's some creepy stuff going on with the family that comes in. So it's, it's interesting. It's got that creepy vibe to it. Um, if you dug lost or yellow jackets, like I said on earth that came out earlier last year, uh, check it out. It's called from on epics. If you have the, if you watch it on epics, you know, you get one episode a week. If you check it out online or on their app, uh, they drop the first three episodes and then do one a week. So you can actually wrap the series up like two weeks ahead of the live show. Like they did with like chapel weight that we used to watch and stuff. So that's uh, pretty good. Check it out. If you get a chance, if you don't I have saw- epics, hit me up. <laughs> Curtis. Yes. Yeah, the, uh, the thing for it and I was like oh man it, it looks interesting but I didn't know so I'm glad you watched it because I was, I don't know anybody else who would have watched it so yeah. and I and without knowing something I wasn't sure if I wanted to start another show you know so but that sounds interesting I'm, I'll go ahead and check that out yeah it's good and then of course we got the Righteous Gemstone season finale coming up this Sunday but we'll get to that later uh, <laughs> and not come soon that that's one that I desperately want to watch. I just I don't have uh, HBO account oh, right now. Again, so. we'll talk. We'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank my that co-host. one and uh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, there's we'll something else one. on HBO as well to watch too. I cannot oh, think of it right one now. One login will take. There's care a few. Of there's a there's a few. There's a few shows I, I want to watch. So yeah, yeah. We'll have to the, check them is what I'm living for right now because that has been so good and I'm glad I didn't get to start it at the first season I'm glad I got to watch the full first season and then come in like an episode or two into the second one and follow it that way God, that, that movie or that show is so fantastic yeah my wife's <laughs> watching it now so I'm getting to go back and watch them all again so that's fun 
Uh, I want to thank my co-host for being here today. Thanks, everybody, to listening to the podcast whenever and wherever you are. Uh, like I said, it's a little different because we're doing it online. We're going to change things up a little bit, but we do still have a great show for you this week, and we are going to kick it off by taking a look at some of the top stories in entertainment and pop culture from this past week, starting with last weekend at the box office, Uncharted opened big over the four-day, three-day holiday weekend, four-day opening when you count Thursday receipts as well, earning an estimated $51 million at the box office that is the largest opening weekend haul since spider-man no way home also starring tom holland so tom holland has single-handedly saved the box office in december through february so congratulations to him god bless you spider-man that's right <laughs> it'd be funny if he did look like, like he was welcome. 12 still but <laughs> tom holland's like just make the checks really big on the next movie that's right exactly also in news this week all right britney spears has signed with publisher simon and schuster for 15 million dollars to write her tell all memoir if you follow her on social media, uh, you, like I, are hoping they find a ghost writer. Because if she writes this book herself, that'll be one more book than she's read that she'll have written. So, Oh, baby, baby. Oh. <laughs> she, uh, she is, I, you know, I'm, everybody is glad that she's not being controlled by courts and her father. Because by all accounts, her father was pretty shitty in that whole deal. Uh, and the courts didn't right. do a whole lot to help her until there was a finally enough focus on the courts to be like, hey, y'all, get this fixed. But she still has yeah. issues. She still has issues. She still, I, hopefully she gets whatever help she needs. Hopefully with this $15 million, yeah. she'll be able to afford some good counseling or, or whatever. So. Everybody was like, free Britney, free Britney. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then like, I see her and she's just like holding her tits on like Twitter or whatever. I'm like, does she need free? Because like, this is not how you go about that. And but, that's all fine. I don't, you know, you know she's going to do that kind of stuff. But the things that she's saying, she's she's got this kind of paranoid streak. She thinks that like her former agents and managers have tried to kill her and all kinds of weird shit. It's just like, it's, she needs some help. Still. It's when strange. The, yeah. When all that was going on, we were talking about it. And I was like, you know, I don't think her dad needs to be the one that is watching over her, but she clearly needs somebody or a group of somebodies to, you know, manage her. Like, oh, let's not put that out on social media. Let's not do that. You know, let's not spend our money on this, you know, and I, she definitely needs to be looked after, but yes, not by him, but somebody yeah she right. needs somebody who gives a shit about her who can go in with nothing to gain for themselves and be like hey he's not in it for the money for the money or, yeah somebody who has her interests in at heart yeah yeah also well, good luck, news, good yeah. yeah also news this week amazon's fallout television series based on the popular video game franchise has cast its lead role uh walton goggins who plays baby billy on the righteous gemstones uh <laughs> will be the lead on the fallout series no details on what the role might be other than the character's name is ghoul and ghouls in the game series are humans who have succumbed to radiation poisoning in this post-apocalyptic you know 
post-nuclear world of the video game series. So he is starring as a character named Ghoul. So I don't know if that means he's going to be the main in makeup or if if they're going to take a different approach and not really rely on this kind of almost zombified version of people you know who knows what they're going for Um, but with walton goggins involved you know it's going to be watchable if nothing else yeah and you know you also on top of not knowing what they're going to do if it'll even come to fruition or not you know nowadays start so many things you're like did weren't they doing something and it's just got dropped so what I love about Walton Goggins is like I remember being like really young and watching like The Crow Three, and he's like a dirty cop in that. I'm like, oh, that's the guy from House of a Thousand Corpses. He was a cop in that, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. And then like years later, here he is. He's popping up in Vice Principals. He's in that that Santa Claus movie with Mel Gibson. He's in The Righteous Gemstones. He's just like everywhere, and he's great. He was like in a the episode of community uh, where they're reading the, the will Pierce's will. And he was amazing in that. So like, yeah, he's really just sort of like grown into his own sort of. So yeah, yeah it's kind of awesome. He had some big roles in like justified on FX when it was on. justified. He was, in, yeah, was justified. He in breaking bad as well. He was in something where he was uh cross dressing. I can't remember if it was breaking bad or what it was, but he's, I don't think he's it was breaking great. bad, but yeah, he's been great in everything he's been in. So, yeah. Archie that he played the crossdresser? What was it? What in? was it? Was it Sons of Anarchy that he played the crossdresser? I think it might have been. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, because it, it wasn't Breaking Bad. Yeah, so. yeah. Tig, or Tig kind of fell in love with him and stuff. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, his performance in that was amazing. God, I forgot how good he was at stuff until that. I was like, holy crap, he was convincing. God, he was good. Yeah, he was he's, also in a Predators, Predators, Predator Three, whatever you want to call it. He was in that as well. The one with Adrian Brody. Yeah, he was yeah. in that. Topher Grace. I, I blocked out. Yeah, <laughs> he probably was. I have blocked that movie out. I have seen it he's, once. He's honestly the, the best part of the movie until you know he gets his spine ripped out. Spoilers, but yeah, yeah. he's great. Like everybody else in the Predators movie, except for one person. <laughs> Right. Uh, let's see what else uh, this week. Oh, a first print, a first pressing VHS of 1984's The Terminator, recently sold at auction uh, online at the vintage marketplace Comic Connect. Uh, it sold for thirty two thousand five hundred dollars for a first I mean, Terminator. Because it's different. Like they've they've altered them for like DVD and Blu-ray releases. So yeah. yeah. The item uh, had the the item was professionally graded. It had gradings uh, between a nine and ten out of ten on every category, um, except for like the corners uh, were like at a seven out of ten because it's hard for to keep a VHS, VHS you know cardboard case at a seven even. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the COO of Comic Connect uh, he said that it was sold within three days of being put up for auction. So within three days, somebody hit the buy now button for thirty two five and walked away happy with a, an original first print of the Terminator. Right. I, okay. God bless him. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. I mean, I'm not saying nothing bad about the person cause that's obviously something they're very proud of, but I would never pay that. I couldn't get, I can't, would there be any VHS first pressing? That, if you had stupid money, 
and you didn't 32,000 was not lost on you. Is there something that you would buy? There's like, I don't know. There's, there's versions of the movies that they've put out on VHS that have never seen DVD or Blu-ray. So maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Star Wars. Yeah. But even so, like a lot of those people go back and buy the laser discs instead. Yeah. VHS. And that's the thing too, is like, if it's VHS, you want, you want it to be, something from that era you know a first print of a vhs of gone with the wind for example doesn't mean as much because that movie you know it's been out for 50 years by the time we had vhs and stuff so yeah it would have to be something from the 80s i would think um you know 84 was terminator so an, an 80s film that you would pay that kind of stupid money for just to collect the first box. I don't think I would just because I could think of other things I would, I would rather get like first editions of like some books before I would rather than, than to buy a first VHS. If I had to right. gun to my head and said, you've got to buy one of these first print VHSs, I would think the one I would probably get would be top gun just because I watched the shit out of it when it was on VHS, when it first hit VHS and, you know, VHS players were a novelty and, and VHS cassettes were a couple hundred bucks, you know, but yeah, that's one that I watched the shit out of before it was, you know, on cable and all that. So if I had to, that's probably the one I would get. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, I mean, like, cause if you had, let's say you bought that and like, it's in your room of memorabilia and stuff. Would that be the thing that everybody stopped at? Like, if you didn't tell them, I spent thirty-two thousand on this. But if they were just walking through, they'd be like, "Huh, okay, that's cool." And I, I just don't see it being a. I don't know, but somebody loved it. Somebody bought it. So good for them. I hope they enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, nice. Tell this us what is you a got fifty cents at a. This is a VHS of License to Kill, and it's the original PG cut of the movie because. They uh, when they redid them for DVD and Blu-ray, they were just like, let's just throw out the R-rated version, and that you know we couldn't release, and no one will know. So yeah, that's what this is. I got it for fifty cents at a garage sale. So I'm starting to see a lot of VHSs coming back in like flea markets and stuff. Yeah, like they one of them, then they all disappeared. Now they're slowly starting to come back in again. Do you yeah. think they'll do a resurgence like records? No, it's it's happening now <laughs> no, but it's actually kind of happening now vhs's are getting big again but it's like it's not just any vhs it's got to be stuff like terminator top gun you know right. tombstones star wars <laughs> evil dead maybe yeah, or stuff but, like that it can't just yeah those are still you know, like, those are your those are your old used vhs's i don't see us getting to the point where we start manufacturing new vhs players and making new no new VHS cassettes like they're doing with vinyl now just because it was so bad that stuff I mean it was not made to last yeah. <laughs> but they are getting like a few hundred dollars up to a few thousand dollars out of there's some nostalgia factor there uh, like they do new like cassettes every so often for record right. store day like I, I remember when the NWA uh, was the movie that came out what was it uh, straight out of Compton yeah, they did a they re-released that original NWA album on a red uh, cassette tape, and I got that for like twenty bucks. I don't know how much it's worth now, but I still have it. 
So who knows what they'll do. They could do a new VHS of something just for nostalgia factor. If they they do, I think it's going to be your... I think it's going to be your niche. It's going to be like your horror movies. You're some of your straight to straight to conventions or straight to film competitions or straight to carnivals or straight to shutter or whatever type stuff. You know, I think yeah. those, they might do a VHS of just, you know, if it's like a horror movie that's set in like the eighties or nineties and it's going for that kind of thing that they might, but I don't see it becoming, uh, like, so like a widespread thing again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, still interesting that somebody paid that kind of money for that good for them (laughs) (laughs) right on uh following their super bowl halftime performance uh the albums albums by dr dre and eminem have returned to the billboard top 10 uh dre's 1999 sophomore album 2001 which is a whole lot of years to say, jumped all the way to number nine on this week's Billboard 200 thanks to a 220% increase in sales. This is the first time the album 2001 has been in the top 10 uh, since it was released way back in 2000. Meanwhile, Eminem's 2005 Greatest Hits compilation album, Curtain Call, The Hits, shot up to number eight, seeing a 256% increased sales bump. Uh, The last time Eminem's Greatest Hits album was in the top 10 was in 2006. So people ask, why are they doing the Super Bowl? Well, there you go. (laughs) They're getting a lift in album sales, jumping back into the top 10. Uh, after their performances in uh, the Super Bowl, it definitely got me going back and listening to a few, like some old Eminem stuff and some uh, Dr. Dre and that NWA and Snoop Dogg and Dog Pound and you know whole Tupac, all that kind of stuff. It got me going back and listening to all that again. I'm like, oh my god, I love that stuff so much. <laughs> I always have, and I always will. Yeah, not like my hair. I like my hair metal, but yeah. Well, speaking of chart climbers, do you really want to? Do you really want to taste it? Do you want to taste it? From Wigwam, the song that plays over the opening credits of HBO Max's Peacemaker has reached the number one spot on the iTunes rock charts following the first season finale and second season uh, announced that they're picking that up for a second season. The song was originally released in, released in 2009. A lot of people who don't know think it's an 80s hair metal song. It was actually released in 2009. <laughs> uh, this is the second time that one of James Gunn's projects has catapulted a years in this case decades old song onto the charts again uh the first time was hooked on a feeling from the guardians of the galaxy soundtrack jump back to the top of the charts so uh just goes to show if you got the right song in the right spot uh it becomes a pop culture phenomenon again like it was a, maybe more so than it was the first time around i know the do you want to taste it didn't make a big splash in 2009 but here it is at the top of the charts in 2022 based on james gunn's show that's happened a lot too. Like Bohemian Rhapsody got a second resurgence and whatnot. So it's had multiple yeah. resurgences. It got a resurgence with multiple. Wayne's World and then with Bohemian Rhapsody. Wayne's yeah. World, the yeah. the movie. So yeah, that's that's the other show by the way from HBO that I want to watch. I do want to watch uh, Peacemaker. So yeah, yeah. It's, every once in a while, I'll get a text from my wife. They'll be talking about different like music and stuff at work, and so she'll have to text me, be like, "Hey, who sang this? Or when did this come out? Or blah blah." She's like, "Hey, question for you." She's like, "Who does the peacemaker thing?" And I was like, "Wigwam." 
She's like, okay. And then it's like a little bit later, she's like, when did that come out? I don't know. I was like, the band formed in 2001, so it had to be sometime after that, but I don't know 100% when. And uh, she come back, she's, and uh, she's like, well, one of the people at work swore up and down as a hair metal song from the 80s. I was like, no, no, it wasn't. They're, I forget what they called their brand of music. It's like trash Tra- metal. Tra- yeah, trash rock, I think, or something, yeah. <laughs> it, it's yeah, shit that just doesn't make any <laughs> sense. It's catchy, but the lyrics mean <laughs> make no sense. It's just random words that are, you know, and it's funny because you think you, you kind of you jump on those guys like, oh, they just threw a bunch of words together that sound good when you sing them. Uh, but that's exactly what the Beatles were doing. If you go back and watch the Get Back documentary on Disney, mm-hmm. there, there are times that they're even like, I don't know. Just that throw work? shit in. Yeah, they're like, does that work? I don't know, but it's singable. And, you, know, it, it, you can sing it. Oh, yeah. And so they're like, yeah, keep it then. The Chili Peppers are guilty of that too. But then like you read like Anthony Kiedis's autobiography and it's just like, okay, some of it makes sense, I guess, but it still seems random. Yeah. Even then it's a lot of uh, going back and trying to rewrite the history and like, oh yeah, that means a lot. Like, you know, stairway to heaven. They're like, nah, it was just words. (laughs) We just started throwing words that were singable (laughs) onto the, you know, you're playing the tune. I'm just saying words over it and it all sounds good. So we're going to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, People, you know, glorify and glamorize a lot of these songs. Like, have you listened to this? And one of my biggest things, like when we used to go to the clubs and stuff, and there'd be these songs, and like everybody's dancing. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't get it. And they're like, why? I'm like, okay, you're female, and you're getting out there, and you're shaking your butt, and you're having all this fun to a song that's basically calling calling you bitches, sluts telling you to suck their dicks, you know, just all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, and you're just out there like, yeah, look at me, you know. That's like, just like, one Kid Rock song. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> the one that gets me, so if we're talking about songs used inappropriately or that people respond inappropriately to, people playing the song, uh, the Leonard Cohen song, Hallelujah, at a funeral, mm. uh, that's the one that always gets me. I'm like, you know this song is about bad sex that went wrong <laughs> this song has nothing to do with a funeral or should be played in a church or funeral parlor but people, which is people, even funnier yeah, people, people lose it they're just like oh no it's a great song it's got the word hallelujah it must be like religious and all this it's like no yeah no not so much I don't which know is how- funnier because it's in the watchman during a really great sex scene so it's <laughs> right i don't know people still misinterpret it I don't know how many times I've seen clips of it being sent, you know, sung in like churches and stuff. And I'm like, oh, really? Like, There's oh, usually okay. one person there with a look on his face, like, um, are you sure about this, guys? You're saying, like, but are you hearing the words? Right. <laughs> and finally, we'll end on a sad note some celebrity deaths this week, uh, starting with Queens of the Stone Age singer Mark uh, Lanigan passed away in his home in Killarney, Ireland. Not a lot of details yet about the, his cause of death. He was 57 years old, um, seemingly yeah. in good health. Uh, you know, you hate to speculate he- on any of this. He was um, he was also the lead singer of Screaming Trees. Right. He'd guest starred on Mad Season, and yeah. uh, he's he's one of like I don't know how many lead singers they've had for Queens of the Stone Age. But right. um, yeah, Brad's a huge fan of his. But uh, like he got to see him in Australia when he lived there for a little bit. He actually had COVID so bad last year that he was in a coma. 
Right. So I don't, I don't know if it just like stuck with him and just made his health ill. You know, they're, they're not releasing it yet, but yeah, yeah. it's pretty sad though. Cause he had, a, he wasn't as well known as a lot of the grunge pioneers, but he was there, you know, and he did a lot of really good stuff. So, you know, it wasn't that yeah. long ago you'd say 57 years old. Well, you know, he had a good run <laughs> and now it's like 57. So young. As we get closer to 57. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's not so far away anymore. Also passing away this week was magician and comedian, the amazing Jonathan. Uh, He was diagnosed. Well, okay. The amazing Jonathan's tough to nail down because he's a little Andy Kaufman-esque in that you never know what's real with the amazing Jonathan and what's not. Um, You know, he even like Tanya Roberts. Yeah, he, he, he at one point had even talked about he was wanting to fake his death and then like resurface like five years later and his lawyers had to tell him no because that could <laughs> lead to jail time for anybody who knew you were part of this or knew you weren't dead. But anyway, he says he was diagnosed with cardiomyopathy back in 2009, which is a heart condition, a weakening of the heart. He said uh, in appearance in 2014 that he was just given one year to live by his doctors. Uh, a pair of documentaries were made and released in 2018 about his life. Uh, you know, if he did have heart problems, all <laughs> all the drugs he did did not help in that um, so the cause of death has not officially been confirmed, but he was 63 years old. He passed away at home, uh, over the past week, but he's one of those who, uh, his comedy was outrageous. <laughs> his magic was outrageous. He was, you know, drink, drinking the Windex, you know, popping his eyeball out, that kind of stuff. I mean, if you haven't, if you don't know who the amazing Jonathan is, you need to go back and check it out because, uh, he was pushing the envelope. And I believe at one point in the late nineties, early two thousands, I think he might've been the highest paid, uh, gig in Vegas. Um, I know he had a long residency at different hotels and casinos in Vegas, but, uh, yeah, folks, folks were coming to check him out. Of course, like I said, he hooked through the bag on a lot of drugs and stuff. But uh, that, if that's true, if all that is true, uh, you know, in 2009 being diagnosed and 2014 being told he had a year to live, to make it to 2022 and to pass, fillet, pass away peacefully in his own home uh, is a pretty good run, even though he was very young at 63 years old as well. He, he was one that, like, I liked watching like early in his career and stuff. But uh, there was a part of me that always watched because I was wondering if this would be the time when he would actually like kill somebody on stage or himself or something himself, just because he seemed like he was having a bad day a lot. And it, it was like, I would be nervous getting up there because he'd be like, this is my swan song, you know, or whatever. I just, he was like a wild card, unpredictable. And it, it made it to the – I guess that's why you couldn't stop watching it. You know, it was just like, what is going to happen with this guy? And he was funny and he was entertaining and all that. But, he, man, that dude – I and to be honest, I watched the documentary. I thought he was dead already. I honestly <laughs> did. Right. <laughs> the way they did the documentaries, I thought that was like, you know, when somebody passes away and they go through and tell your shit, you know, and all that. I, I was like, when – I saw that he just died. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. And and the folks who have worked with him have said that, uh, 
you know, he, he was under control. It was all part of the theater of making things look more dangerous than they really were. But yeah, watching it, (laughs) watching his stuff, watching him work on stage, you're like, man, I don't know. This guy looks, looks like he's just being wild and carefree and whatever happens happens. But you know, that's, that was part of his genius, I guess, was making it look like everything's out of control when he had a tight control on everything. So he always got the outcome, you know, you know, that's the thing about magic is it's all about controlling the outcome and controlling the perception. And a lot, you know, some people want to make it look, want to lie to people and make it look like, Ooh, it's magic. And some people want it to look natural, even though they're still lying. They don't want it to, they're not really leaning into the magic part. He wanted it to look like controlled chaos, and the less control and the more chaos it looked like, the better he liked it. Um, but yes, he was always, from what I understand his magic, he was always in control. But um, how in control are you really when you're <laughs> that strung out all the time? So I don't know. It could, yeah. just, could just be friends and magicians covering for him too. Who knows? It seemed like all his peers like legit liked him. Oh, yeah. And like really highly of him, you know, so that there wasn't no, it had come off fake. Like, you know, they were just, I'm just saying nice stuff because, you know, I can be on documentary or whatever. Just like all of them really had a respect for him. And so he had to have been a pretty good guy, you know, because magicians are like, they're funny, man. They're really about who they let around or who they like and don't like. So, yeah. And finally, actress Sally Kellerman, Oscar-nominated actress who played Hot Lips Houlihan in the MASH movie, in the Robert Altman movie, not on the TV series. Uh, She passed away at 84 in an assisted living nursing home. Um, Again, cause of death not confirmed, but at 84 and she's in a nursing home. Um, It's probably just old age or what we would have called old age before we had to label everything. So, Right. I'm just like, yeah, it was kind of sad, too. No, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm just saying, you know, we've had so many people like Betty White and some of those live into their 90s. We kind of expect like, oh, well, 90s is the new old, but, you know, 84 is a hell of a run, too. You know? <laughs> 84 right, is still yeah. old, yeah. You know? Shit. She was in, a, what was it, a Mark Maron's TV show. She mm-hmm. played uh, his mother in that. I'm, it was one of the last things that I had seen her in. And I've, I've always been a big fan of the MASH movie. More so than the, than the TV show. I like the TV show, but you know, they that are movie two is things, just yeah. two completely different things, and it's something else. And it was it was so strange. I had sent a, I don't remember what I was talking to Kirsten about just a couple of days ago, but I sent a GIF of uh, when they're trying to figure out if Hot Lips is blonde or not. If you know what I'm talking about, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, they did hot lips dirty in this. <laughs> She's like, oh my god, that's awful. And then like the next day, she died. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but yeah, she rests in peace. So. And in, yeah, yeah, good luck. And in other news, uh, this comes to us from South Lake Tahoe, California. The 500-pound black bear that's running loose has damaged more than 30 properties around Lake Tahoe and last week broke into yet another home in an endless quest for a quick meal. Known by residents as Hank the Tank. If you've seen pictures, you know why. You you hear a 500-pound bear, you're like, well, that sounds about right, what it should be. No. (laughs) Apparently, a bear is only supposed to be about 250 to 300, judging by the pictures, because Hank the Tank at 500 looks huge, looks chunky. 
the giant bear has eluded capture for more than seven months, according to a spokesman from the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. What's problematic about this bear is how large it is, they told the San Francisco Gate on Sunday. It's learned to use that size and strength to break into a number of occupied residences, bursting through garage doors or front doors. It's pretty frightening. The bear is responsible for more than <laughs> more than 150 incident reports in the region, straddling Northern California and Nevada. The Friday break-in at a residence in, Ta- in the Tahoe Keys neighborhood is the latest. Uh, the bear smashed a window and squeezed into the house while residents were at home. Police responded and banged on the outside of the house until Frank broke through the back door and disappeared into the woods. Uh, so, yeah, 500-pound <laughs> chonky-ass black bear is roaming California and Nevada, uh, breaking into people's homes looking for food. Um, they, the problem they have, of course, uh, is that, Frank the Tank. Yeah, Frank the Tank, Hank the Tank in this case, has uh, the, prob- the problem. Or, no, it's is, Hank the Tank. Okay. Yeah, Frank the Tank is from uh, old school. All right. Is Will Ferrell's character. Yes. Old school. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the problem is that the bear has <laughs> lost all, uh, all uh, being frightened of people. Now it knows that houses are where food is. And if you bust into yeah. a house and there are people inside, they're going to go running. So it's, you know, free reign <laughs> on the fridge. So. That's why they're saying that he's evading, you know, getting captured and put down or whatever. It's not like he's on his tippy toes, like <laughs> like Yogi Bear. <laughs> Everybody's seeing that's like I'm not doing it. It's like you do it. I'm not doing it. It's like well, we didn't see anything, you know. There's a reason why he's not evading stuff. Nobody wants to get tangled with a 500 pound bear. No. So good I wonder if in it, I wonder if he. Yells. Wonder if he yells, "Oh yeah!" when he bursts through a door or something. You know, I don't know. He's like, he's, cool. a, he's a black bear, not a. <laughs> he's just. Bear. He, yeah, he's not a Kool Aid man. No, although he's kind of shaped like one. Let us know what you think of the top <laughs> stories each and every week. If we use your suggestion, we'll give you a shout out in an upcoming episode. Send us your suggestions on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for and follow us at PGTC Podcast. Post your comments there. Tag us in news stories, all that fun stuff. Or you can call us on the hotline at 417-986-7842 and leave a message with your comments. We just might play them on an upcoming episode. Links to all that and so much more over at popgoestheculture.com. We are going to take a quick break when we come back today in entertainment and pop culture, what's coming up in the next week, all that and a whole lot more. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back right after this. messages. We'll be right back. Fresh baked bread. Piled with extra lean juicy ham. Oven roasted turkey breast. Topped with a classic taste of... Pardon me. Would you have any Grey Poupon? But of course. Introducing Subway's new turkey and ham Dijon. Turkey, ham, and the great taste of Grey Poupon mustard. Now for a limited time on your choice of rolls. At Subway, the place where fresh is the taste. On this date in entertainment pop culture, February the 25th, 1855... Bill the Butcher, the leader of the Bowery Boys gang, was shot in the back by his rival gangster John Morrissey in New York City. The incident, of course, adapted into the film Gangs of New York, starring uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, what's his name? Daniel Day-Lewis. 
February 25th, 1932. Well, here's something that worked out well for everybody. Austrian-born Adolf Hitler was granted German citizenship in 1932. You want to re-say that? You want to rephrase that? <laughs> here's, something, here's something that didn't work out for anybody, including Hitler himself. Yeah. Oh, Austri- my God. I, there's a... Okay, uh, not to interrupt, but I was uh-huh. on Facebook earlier. You got a Hitler story to me. Kind of, kind of. So I was going through videos on Facebook and there was this college humor video where like the guy comes running into his roommates. He's like, Hey, my grandpa's a huge fan of Wolfenstein 3D. Look at all this stuff. Nice. <laughs> it's all stuff from World War II that he has no idea what it is. It yeah. was like, Are you serious? But awesome. yeah. <laughs> that same thing there was a friend of mine uh that uh he's like yeah he goes my dad's got a real, lot of really cool stuff you'll probably like and i'm like okay you know cool let's go look at it and i think what he was meaning is he knew i like knives but <laughs> in this big case that his dad had was all this nazi memorabilia stuff from world war ii with like a couple knives i'm like uh He's like, yeah, th- th- it's cool, isn't it? And I was like, uh, in the no. sense, like, history, I guess that's cool, but I'm like, you're okay with this? And he's like, yeah, it's really neat that he has this. And I was like, man, there, there, there may be some more inquiry I need to make into my friend. <laughs> it's that- like, is, is it one where, like, oh, his dad was in World War II for the Americans and it's this shit he collected, or is his dad, like, you know... Oh, like, no, like a neo-Nazi? Or... Yeah, like, that's a different story. Now, his dad for Vietnam era, not that. Mm. far as I know, I think it was just stuff he collected, like, not, like, his his dad didn't bring it back or whatever. It was just, he was into the whole Nazi thing of that, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I never went back over again. I was like, eh, so I probably need to distance myself from that. Yeah, and, and no. it, something because he knows i've got german in my you know lineage in that so maybe that's why he thought i would think it was cool but it's like, it's no, like no. if anything like maybe a luger would be kind of like interesting to own but like i don't give a shit like i hate all of that i well, hate everything about that shit so for itself nothing with prominence like this belonged to this german general or blah blah something like that you know it's like no 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 i just just a gun you know yeah long to anybody don't care it's just a cool gun so yeah yeah moving on (laughs) let's leave the nazis in the past (laughs) which is hard to do in 2022 but (laughs) let's do that uh february 25th february 25th 1950 Your Show of Shows, starring Sid Caesar and Imogene Coca, premiered on NBC. Um, So, yeah, Your Show of Shows, I know it was a big deal in 1950s, but that's not, for me, the important. The the story is some of the writers for that show during its run included Mel Brooks, Carl Reiner, Woody Allen, Neil Simon, a whole lot more. That was kind of like the... uh, People who would shape cinema and comedy uh, for the next, God, 50 years practically uh, got their start writing for your show of shows uh, with Sid Caesar. Wow. Yeah. That's great. It's kind of like uh, the only thing you I can even think to compare it to 
would be like uh, in Roseanne in its original run when they had Wanda Sykes and Norm Macdonald and all these people. Um, and even they, I mean, as funny as those people were, they did not go on to have the type of careers like, like I said, like Mel Brooks, Carl Reiner, Woody Allen, Neil Simon. So, yeah, it was kind of the, the launching point, you know, that whole um, that New York voice that a lot of those people used in their films and plays and all that stuff. I got to start right there. Yeah, I can't think of the the shows that it was, but I was looking up Charlie Kaufman today when I was with Kirsten. So we were talking about his movies, and he even got started in a lot of like early '90s TV shows that you would be even be surprised that he wrote for it because his movies are so deep and philosophical and whatnot. And to think that he was on some kind of sitcom as a writer back in the day is interesting. So yeah. February 25th, 1963, the Beatles released their first single in the United States. Uh, Their first single in the U.S. was Please Please Me. So that was their first uh, U.S. single, 1963. A year later in 1964, February 25th, 1964, boxing legend Muhammad Ali defeated Sonny Liston to win his first heavyweight boxing title. At 22 years old, Ali was the youngest fighter to take the title off of a defending heavyweight champion. There were other people who had to drop the belts for various reasons, uh, but that was the first time that somebody that young had defeated a heavyweight champion and won the title from them. So the first of uh, many titles that Ali won. Yeah, so, I mean, him, the Beatles, they did all right for themselves. Yeah, you know, 63, 64, good time to be around. Uh, February 25th, 1982, the final episode of The Lawrence Welk Show aired. That show ran for a total of 31 years. Uh, They did four years locally in L.A., Jesus, 16 years on ABC, and then 11 years in first-run syndication. And if you had grandparents that you spent any time with in the 80s, you got to watch or had to watch some Lawrence Welk show at some point or another. I've watched many of those and for the most part hated it. Oh yeah. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they were so bad. And in the same vein, like they would watch Hee Haw too. And right. I liked Hee Haw. Yeah. One. Hee Haw was completely different than the Lawrence Welk show. The Lawrence Welk show was <laughs> like ballroom, like classical music. And then, Old and it was old people. Like Hee had like young folks for the most part, except unless it was somebody playing. You know, like Grandpa was old, Minnie Pearl was old, but for the most part, it's young people doing like amazingly for the for what the show was like hip young comedy, just you know with a country spin on it. But the Lawrence Welk show was always just old people. Just old people doing old people stuff, going out there and doing their old people ballroom dancing with the bubbles and stuff. And oh my god, yeah. that show was horrid. And there's a lot of parents <laughs> watched that I was like, I get it, you know, I get why you kind of like like Jag, you know, stuff like that, <laughs> like, like that stuff. But man, the Lord's Welk, I was like, you guys, it's not like you sit around and play this kind of music. <laughs> You know, when we're just hanging out, you know, so I don't, I never understood that. No. Well, I'll probably do dumb shit when I'm old too. <laughs> Sit around <laughs> watching Lawrence Welker reruns. Uh, February 25th, 2018. So fairly recently, February 25th, 2018, four years ago, China 
briefly banned the letter N as part of their wide sense, widespread censorship efforts. Uh, so here's kind of the story. Why did China ban the letter N? Uh, well, word, word had leaked to the international press that China was considering uh, considering getting rid of presidential term limits. They were going to let the president basically become a king or an emperor or whatever you want to call him. And so the letter in people were, you know, in China, very strict uh, censorship. People couldn't say they were opposed to, you know, term limits or, or eliminating term limits for the president. So they were talking in code and the universal code. If you want to talk uh, to the outside world and you're in China and you need to come up with some kind of code that other people will quickly understand, the easiest thing to do is just use math. Right. And so they were using in as in the mathematical in greater than two, meaning this guy's wanting greater than two terms as president. Um, and so China, not wanting any of that stuff to get out, didn't want the world to know that there were people in China who were against what the president said, had uh, banned the letter in so it could not be used in uh, mathematical equations as code to talk about uh, not liking the idea of getting rid of term limits on their president. Also banned at that same time, four years ago today, uh, was Winnie the Pooh. People had began circulating a picture of Winnie the Pooh and Tigger walking through the woods, and they would put it next to a 2013 picture of uh, then U.S. President Barack Obama, who is Tigger, tall and skinny, and next to the Chinese president, who uh, bore an uncanny resemblance to the shape and silhouette of Winnie the Pooh. So Winnie the Pooh and the letter N banned in China four years ago today. Those have both since been they both <laughs> since been repealed. Those bans are no longer in place. That sounds like some twenty twenty Texas bullshit right there. <laughs> Texas or it just Russian or it just yeah. just sounds like some bullshit. <laughs> it is. It was, and it still is. Sometimes you uh, want you hear what you're saying. Yeah, it's like. It's like Say, say what you do, you want to do out loud and see what that sounds like to you. It's, it, it, stuff makes no sense, man. That's crazy. No. <laughs> Celebrity birthdays today. Turning uh, 73 years old today. Woo! Wrestler Ric Flair, 73 years young, <laughs> I guess I should say. Woo! Uh, comedian Carrot Top, real name Scott Thompson, turns 55 <laughs> years old today. That's going to say seventy three. Also, no, he's fifty five. Uh, surgery. What was that? You, I missed. You cut out there. What did you say? But you wouldn't know it with all that plastic surgery he's had. Yeah, his face no, is could. not fifty five. <laughs> no, it's funny. He looks just like Renee Zellweger now. It's crazy. Only, only not as she's she's not quite as jacked as he is on the steroids. So, no, uh, no, actor. Not that big. Oh really? Did he? Is he no longer cycling? Or yeah, he's in good shape, but he's not. He's not those crazy cantaloupe shoulders he had. <laughs> and, yeah, and, you know, red from his blood pressure being up too high because of the roids and stuff. Yeah, yeah he doesn't do that anymore. He's he just looks. He's getting back to normal, but his face, yeah, it, wow. Yeah, a lot of work done there. <laughs> Uh, actor Sean Astin from The Goonies, The Lord of the Rings. He turns 51 years young today. Actress Rashida Jones from Parks and Rec turns 46 years old today. 
And the twin actors, James and Oliver Phelps from the Harry Potter series, both turned 36 years old today. Man, talk about feeling old. Those guys are 36 years old. Which, I mean, I know they probably weren't teenagers when they were filming the Harry Potter stuff, and, you know, that's been 20 years now, but good lord. Make you feel old. Yeah, but you, I'm, I'm 33. Yeah. And yeah. so those guys are older than you are, which is Moving weird. Moving on. I think it felt like, I think that I started feeling weird about stuff when I was watching call or uh, professional athletes, professional athletes who are younger than we are professional athletes who are retiring from their profession younger than we are. That's when I really was like, wow, that I must be getting old. Yeah. I, I feel old when someone reminds me of a movie from back in the day that I saw in theaters and I'm just like, Oh yeah, I saw that. And Oh Jesus, that was 15 years ago. You know, and it's everything just kind of sinks from there. Well, I was talking to a friend of mine, and uh, there was a Funko Pop that come out of a uh, oh gosh, which one was it? Uh, I think it was an Iron Maiden one. And we got to talking about different stuff, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, like uh, or no, it was an Aussie one. That's right. And I was like, if they ever made a uh, ultimate sin one i would probably get that one just because i saw that tour when it went through and he's like holy shit how old are you <laughs> i was like well i mean it's not like it happened in the you know 50s or something i'm like shit it was late eight well mid to late 80s i was yeah. like but yeah i get it. old i know <laughs> i saw it when it went through <laughs> like Killing that is salt in the blue yeah coming up this week in entertainment and pop culture friday the 25th today days of the dead convention is in atlanta and runs through sunday so if you're in that area and you're a horror fan go check that out the video game elden ring releases on pc playstation and xbox uh, and in movie theaters this weekend, Cyrano, starring Peter Dinklage, the the old, the classic tale of Cyrano and Roxanne, that is out in theaters. Go ahead. Just saw a trailer for that. Yeah, right as you said it, the trailer ended. I was like, ah, there nice. you go. Yeah, I'm like, this they, looks kind of interesting. They haven't done a ton <laughs> of press for this movie, which is weird because at some point you do have to run some TV ads. Uh, also, right. I had no idea what the hell it was until like that came. I'm like, what is this? And then you just said that. I'm like, ah, there you, there you go. go. That's what it is. Also in theaters this weekend in limited release, Studio 666. This is the uh, Foo Fighters horror <laughs> film that they made during the I quarantine. I got a question. Yeah. When did when did the Foo Fighters become all evil and shit? <laughs> like into like six six six. Like Dirt, what, for, what just for fuck? this movie, yeah, just, <laughs> just for this movie, they were sitting around like, what are we gonna do? We, we were just sitting around in quarantine. I can only play it's drums like and send it to that little girl so many times. I need to do something else. So they people the think movie. we're dad rock. Yeah. So let's, let's let's make like an eighties horror gore movie like they did back in the day. You know. Yeah. Have you have you seen the Red Band trailer for it? No, I haven't. It's glorious. <laughs> you know, when, when you've got Foo Fighter clout and cash, when you don't have to get anybody to finance it, you can just do it yourselves. Uh, you can make kind of whatever you want, really. Yeah, yeah. God bless them. Yeah. I've said that like a lot of times today. So whatever. Full <laughs> classics, though. Like oh, yeah. people will be watching five years from now, just loving it, and they'll have a massive following and shit. <laughs> Yeah. 
And in uh, on Netflix this week, Vikings Valhalla premieres on Netflix today, the 25th. Kenny, I know you're looking forward to that one, I'm sure. I have been for a couple months since they started putting out the trailers and stuff for it. So, yes, that is 100% my alley. Yes, it is. <laughs> Also coming up in the next week, next Tuesday is March the 1st. It's also Fat Tuesday. It's the Fat Tuesday of Mardi Gras, the last day of Mardi Gras, next Tuesday, March the 1st. So uh, get out and enjoy that. Next Wednesday, uh, West Side Story starts streaming on Disney+. Plus. So if you didn't check that one out in theaters, you'll have a chance to do so from the comfort of your own home on Disney+, Plus, starting on Wednesday. Next Thursday, the third Star Trek Picard Season 2 premieres on Paramount+. Plus. Joe versus Carol, the, the Tiger King show that is not a documentary, that is not a real sh- thing, that is not what Netflix did. The Peacock version of this, Joe versus Carol, premieres on Peacock next Thursday, the 3rd. And we will be recording another brand new episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. Look for that next Friday in the podcast player of your choice. Kind of a light week on the releases, it seems like. Not a whole lot of stuff coming out this next week. Yeah, I think it'll bump up in the next week or two. Uh, Well, I think, you know, at the movies, not so much. Things are kind of clearing the deck for uh, next Friday's release. And so there's not a whole lot in the next couple weeks after that. Yeah, television stuff will start picking up, but a lot of it's not necessarily stuff that I'm really interested in. Like you said, I'm I'm kind of living for the Righteous Gemstones and From. Those are my Sunday nights now. Um, You're not down for the Law and Order? There's not, no, not so much. There's not a whole lot uh, midweek stuff right now. You know, Disney Plus usually does a Wednesday release. They don't really have anything going right now. Uh, you know, Peacemaker has ended. There's not, there's just not a lot right now that I'm excited about on television other than my Sunday nights. And then, like I said, Righteous Gemstones is going to end this Sunday. Um, so it'll just be oh. from for a couple months, I guess, until something else starts up. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Uh, this week I was like, huh, my stuff's not on. I was like, I kind of was, I was like, what am I going to watch? You know, the, those were the, like, Peacemaker Boba Fett was stuff I was actually looking forward to. Right. So, you know, of course, the Righteous Gemstones, you know, that filled that need. But like you said, Sunday it's done. So I'm like, uh, so I, I'll probably start watching the that other show from and, I'll definitely be watching, you know, the Vikings Valhalla. So yeah. that'll give me a couple, hopefully. I am I am enjoying the fact that uh, a lot of the films that were released, like late fall, you know, Christmas, holiday season time, all that stuff's pretty much streaming somewhere right now. So I'm kind of digging the uh, whole, hey, give us two, maybe three months, and then it's going to be streaming somewhere. I'm, I'm liking that model that we're in currently. Um, I would not have seen. There's a lot of stuff I would not have watched. Snake Eyes. I would not have probably caught The King's Man. I uh, wouldn't have caught. Yeah, you know, I watched Nightmare Alley recently. A bunch of stuff that like I wouldn't. You know, last night in Soho. There's a bunch of stuff that I just would not have caught uh, if it wasn't streaming already. Which so I, you know, I know theaters don't like it, but honestly, none of that stuff is playing in theaters after two or three months anyway. So there's not like they're really losing the revenue that way. Um, so I'm kind of digging, You're like, hey, I'll I'll just catch it in a couple months when it's streaming on something somewhere. Where is the last night in Soho streaming at? Uh, that was on actually that one was on DVD, but 
like uh, uh right. yeah but you know is it at Redbox? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It may be. Yeah. I'm sure it is by now. Uh, but yeah, there there are a few others that just I happened to catch just because they were streaming already. That you know, back in the day, you had to wait till they were on HBO Saturday night for the new movies. You know, and that was usually a year plus before they would ever hit. But now, like I said, two three weeks or I'm sorry, two or three months, and and they're there. So I'm digging it. And and it feels you know like before. It seemed like, oh my god, three months. Oh, that's so long. But anymore, it's like, oh, it's been six months. <laughs> it's like, wow, where did that year go? Yeah. You know, so two or three months, not a big deal. <laughs> and finally, uh, this week we do not have a cage match. We are we are waiting on uh, Jessica. She's working, like I said, she's back to work in the hospital, so her schedule is... Uh, Really busy right now. Here's where we were at last week. Uh, last week, Kenny defeated Dusty, taking Pretty Woman, replacing Nick Cage with Julia Roberts uh, over the Blair Witch Project. Uh, that's the way that we saw it when we voted, Curtis and I. However, we also, I mean, we, we get the official word. But we threw it out to social media like we do every time. And social media did not agree with us on this one. 57% no, of those didn't. who voted voted for the Blair Witch Project, 43% for Pretty Woman. And all the comments that we got were in favor of the Blair Witch Project. So even those who voted for Pretty Woman did not take the time to leave a comment. Uh, here's one example that kind of stands for the rest, and I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, this comes from Carrie on Facebook. She said, uh, since I can't unsee the video of Willem Dafoe as Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman, I'm going to have to vote. <laughs> For the Blair Witch. So they already had one of those. Thought it was a little too creepy. Uh, couldn't vote for Nick Cage replacing Julia Roberts. I can understand that. That's that, that's reasonable. I understand it. <laughs> so we don't you see, You've seen that, right? Oh, yeah, 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 I've yeah, seen yeah, that. It's, yeah, it's yeah, pretty bad. It's beautiful. <laughs> so thanks to everyone who voted. Thanks for those who took the time to comment. Uh, like I said, we just read the one. But they were all in favor of... Uh, of the Blair Witch Project this week. Um, so I guess we, I don't know if we got it wrong, Curtis, or if the rest of social media got it wrong. It wasn't a blowout. It was 57 to 43, but that's still, you know, pretty good margin. Uh, that's my thinking. Oh, go ahead, Kenny. I was going to say, it could be just like, they didn't hear the story behind each of them. They're just <laughs> no, they did not. They did not get the backstory, the Kenny Wright backstory. Um, but <laughs> my, my thinking is like, look, like Blair Rich, whatever, it's all shaky cam and you don't really see the leads a lot. It's a lot of like trees and shit. Like at least with uh, Pretty Woman, there's a lot of shots of Julia Roberts or, a, you know, Nick Cage. Yeah. So you actually get to see the performance a little bit more. But like I get like, you know, here's the close up of Nick Cage and snot running down his face, whatever. But that's like, that's, that's like one scene, so yeah. whatever. <laughs> well, thanks to everybody who voted. Thanks to everybody who commented. The standings then, that leaves Kenny alone at the top at 2-0. and oh. uh, Dusty and I are both tied at 1-1. One and one. And uh, Jess and Curtis are both tied at 0-1. Oh They're both looking for their I'm first win. Somebody will get to climb the ranks uh, of mediocrity and be tied at 1-1 one and one with Dusty and I. And somebody yes, will be at the I'm bottom at 0-2. Oh I am coming for your ass. I'm sorry, what? Just, just wait. I will 
kick your ass in this. Oh, okay. I look, I'm shit. I'm shit talking. All right. I'm shit talking. Don't, right. don't, hey, don't, I, don't I, make I, it. Don't make it weird. Don't make it weird. <laughs> Kenny. Oh, okay, but, <laughs> Curtis, I'm coming for your ass. <laughs> I'm coming for your ass. Cinnamon. I'm going to come for your ass. All right. Yeah. Nick cage. I'm going to win. So we will, if we have to do some things offline to uh, get her to record of her piece of it, um, if that's what it takes in order to work around her work schedule, we'll do that. But next week we will bring a, a, the Jess versus Curtis Cage match to the episode. So be sure to check that out next week. Um, but that's a one thing. Also, uh, Dusty, just because you're married to her, doesn't mean you have to vote for her. Well, if you apparently uh, the unmarried guy doesn't understand how that works. <laughs> I, I look. I get it. No, I understand. That's why I'm saying it. <laughs> I, you know, I will say this about both of them. I think they go with the one they like. I don't yeah. think it necessarily has to be because you know they, uh, you know, Cinnamon voted for me. You know, and just that's true. And so, I, and Dusty will kind of you know he's not like I'm loyal to Joey, so I'm gonna because he's my brother. I'm gonna vote for him. Or whatever he, both of them. I think all of us kind of are We're very chaotic, neutral. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and go with what we actually like, you know. So I, I think it's pretty fair in that aspect. Yeah, and for the most part, it's been unanimous. The the first one was kind of a split. Um, and I think we even had somebody on the live stream when we were live streaming that one. They had to kind of settle to break the tie for us. But yeah, for the most yeah. part, we've all kind of leaned one way or the other. So, um, so yeah, I think I think that everybody's kind of voting. I think everybody's playing the game in the spirit that it was intended. Yeah. Yeah. There. I mean, again, it's not like we got a ten thousand dollar check waiting for us at the end of this. Thing. <laughs> no, no. We're just uh, a bunch of friends. I'm playing a fun little game. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're listening, you're going to, there's an opportunity that you might get a chance to play a fun little game with us as well in the near future. Um, I've been spending <laughs> the week, the last week, uh, the last five days or so. Um, so, so here, here's the backstory on this. So we, you know, we love doing these comic cons. We love going out on the road, going to comic book conventions, uh, meeting people, talking, having a good time. And we've been doing, uh, panel programming which is where you know they put us in a room and we get like 45 minutes to an hour to do whatever we we want that's you know family friendly relates to the convention all that stuff so we have have we partnered up with a company who puts on multiple conventions throughout the year and they said you know it was my understanding what they said was you know give us a couple of convention panels um, and then whatever else we can't fill in that room, we'll let you know what the openings are and we'll have you guys come up with something to fill those openings. That was what I understood the, the, the arrangement to be. I did not get anything in paper. <laughs> I found out on Sunday, <laughs> mid, mid morning on Sunday, I got an email saying, Hey, uh, what do you guys got for the convention? I said, well, I don't know. I was waiting on you to tell us what we've got. And they're like, Oh no, no you've got a room <laughs> here are the convention hours what are you filling it with uh so yeah so there was a bit of a scramble on sunday afternoon to come up with some ideas and some stuff and i've been putting those together all week but yeah if you're 
you know, if, if you are listening to the show and it's, uh, you, you like going to the comic cons and stuff and we're in your neck of the woods and we'll tell you where we're going and when we'll be there as we get closer. Um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to do some fun stuff. We're going to do some fantasy drafts with the crowd, which we've done before. Um, we're going to add a few other things. We're going to add a cage match to, to a couple of conventions. So, you know, you can, you can come out and participate in a cage match, uh, and, you know, have some fun with that. So, uh, we've got some good stuff lined up, uh, for the spring and summer when we hit the road and hit all these conventions. Um, anybody got anything yep. else before we wrap this thing up for the week? Um, yeah, I do. What do you got? Yeah. If, uh, if Facebook is correct, happy birthday, Tara. So oh, there you go. Tara's birthday. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yes. I saw that before we logged on. I, I was looking to see something and I was like, oh, that's cool. Also, by the way, Tara, um, Kirsten is going to be making me watch, um, that movie you want me to watch so badly. I've failed to watch in the last year and a half. So um, soon, within the next couple of weeks, I will uh, have a review for The Princess Bride. So Very good. Happy, yeah, birf- be, happy birthday. Yeah, we'll be interested <laughs> to get your take on The Princess Bride. Everybody else loves it, so uh, just saying, know your crowd when you give your review. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I told a crowd that I like the spirit, so, you know, we can go either way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anything else Kenny you got anything going on anything coming up anything you want to leave us with nah just s- stuff we'll talk about later when we're done with this but Off yeah. yeah cool right on well if you've enjoyed this episode or any episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast please take a moment leave a review in your preferred podcast player it does not cost a thing and it really is one of the best ways that you can show your support for the show Thanks again to Kenny and Curtis for being on the show with me this week. Thanks again to everybody listening to the podcast whenever and wherever you are catching us. Uh, let's hope for sunshine and warmer weathers. And we've been in this weird pattern where Thursdays are the days that we get dumped on ice and snow and sleet. So uh, it's been rough to try to like, hey, we're ready to kick 2022 in the teeth, man. We're coming out with podcasts and we got topics and conversations and we got guests. And, and then it's like, well, this week we can't record. <laughs> well, this week we're going online. Well, this week <laughs> the ice froze my internet, so we can't even record online. You know, it's just been a weird start to the year, but uh, hopefully as we head into March next week, uh, maybe that'll calm down. Or if nothing else, break the pattern. It can ice on like Saturday so that we can still get together yeah. on Thursdays and do this thing live. It's, it's tougher to do it uh, when you have to do it remote like this. Well, that's, you know, the family, the only day we can get everybody, because everybody works and everything together for birthdays is on a Wednesday. And since the middle of January, when it started birthdays, we, we couldn't do my brother's and mine. So we tried the next week. Nope, next week. There was always snow or something. We were supposed to have uh, Lily stuff and our stuff combined this Wednesday. Obviously, that didn't happen. So we're trying for next Wednesday. So I don't know if it'll break the pattern or not, but we would like to celebrate our birthdays because now there's four of us that have to celebrate the birthdays together. So Yeah, let's break break the cycle. Get into a different pattern. Well, I have been Joey Mills with the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. Have a great weekend, and we'll catch you right back here next week for another brand new episode of the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast. 
where we're going to be taking a look at the Batman to kick off the month of month of March. Until then, be safe, be healthy, be happy. See ya. Later. Stay frosty. This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.